them folks, it's bedtime, lights out We in all Cheers everybody <laughs> Welcome to the Cool Store Podcast I am so very elated to bring you the special edition of the Cool Store Podcast In partnership with the American Red Cross And today I am joined by my soror, Tiffany Taylor Who is representing the American Red Cross And Rashida Liberty who is the international grand ambassador of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated and now the chair of presidents for the National Pan-Hellenic Council. She wears many, many hats. Both of you, welcome to the show. How are both of you doing today? Tiffany, we'll start with you. I'm doing well and just excited to be here with both of you phenomenal ladies. Absolutely. And Mrs. Liberty, how are you today? Doing well. I'm excited for this topic specifically um, as it relates to me very personally. So excited to be here today. Absolutely. Well, we are very um, excited because we get to talk about this beautiful partnership between the American Red Cross and the National Panhellenic Council. And since you did start off with that, um, why is this so important to you personally to be a part of this great partnership, uh, Ms. Liberty? I've seen really how Red Cross and how having blood parts um, from us specifically that match our blood types for the African-American community are so important. Um, my husband is a blood cancer survivor um, and also a, a transplant survivor. So he's had three organs transplanted. So he has, he's our bionic man and he has definitely benefited from many of the services of the Red Cross and what they were able to provide in hospital uh, for his critical care. That is absolutely outstanding. I'm so glad that he is doing well. And yeah, that will be, that is definitely a, a personal connection. Uh, Tiffany, why was it so important for the American Red Cross to partner with a, an organization of uh, the MPHC's magnitude? Um, it was so important for the Red Cross to partner with the National Panhellenic Council just to help raise awareness and increase blood donations in the Black community because it's a space and conversation where members of the NPHC have always been. You know, our mega sci-fi brother, Dr. Charles R. Drew, who was the first Black medical director at the Red Cross, pioneered modern blood banking and invented ways to collect blood in the community through what we use today called blood mobiles. So from Dr. Charles Drew to the MPHC, historically and today, these organizations have been cornerstone in successfully advocating for equity and the significant impact of the Black community. Right. And so and when we talk about the MPHC, obviously uh, newly appointed, and this is one of the things that obviously was put on your plate. What was the first uh, course of action to make this partnership what it has become and what it will continue to become? We actually hosted the Red Cross. We actually hosted our first um, with a transition meeting for me becoming the council president's leader at the National Red Cross building. So that in itself is very symbolic um, of kind of the changing of the guard, but also at the same time, it was symbolic of the relationship that we want to establish with the Red Cross to have all of us in their presence. And they were um, enduring the hurricane uh, impact at the same time. So for them to be with us and to see the many facets of what they do was very important. But for us from the MPAC perspective, the, we want to kind of demystify um, things that involve our health. And I think when you think about, wait, where am I giving my DNA? Where am I giving blood to? We want to be the leaders that say, it's okay. 
and this is important to our communities. We have a voice that stretches two and a half million members plus, and then when you expand to our expanded households, we go up to seven and a half to 10 million um, impacts. So we know that we have a big voice here and we wanna make sure that we hold on to that for Red Cross. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, historically, you know, black folks are like, oh, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna do that. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? How are we making sure that we make this a comfortable thing for uh, people of African descent to be able to want to give blood? Tiffany, you can speak to that, I know, because we've talked so much about uh, making sure that this is an easy process for uh, people of color to actually give blood. What is the American Red Cross doing to ease the process? Um, the first thing that we're doing is we're partnering with community-based organizations like the MPHC, um, like the NAACP, and so many others to build awareness and educate because that's so important. From a scientific and a health and social justice perspective, it's so critically important for people who are Black to donate blood because in the U.S. it's estimated that over 100,000 people have sickle cell disease, most of them who are of African descent. And some of them receive blood transfusions every four to six weeks just to prevent the complications of this disease. While some just, you know, experience pain crises and they need blood to help ease the pain when they're going through that. But what many don't know is that after receiving so many blood transfusions over time, their bodies can begin to reject those blood transfusions. And if the blood is not closely matched, that can happen. It's very similar to an organ um, donation or, or, or transplant um, if the body chooses not to receive that transplant. So what we found is that one in three African-American blood donors are a match for people with sickle cell disease. And because this disease disproportionately impacts the Black community, we are working hard with these organizations to just build awareness about that, but also to educate them about how we've, we've already been in this conversation over many, many years advocating for not only equity in blood donation, but equity in healthcare as well. And so we're encouraging the Black community to come together, roll up a sleeve, donate blood, because everyone deserves the right to have good health. And that that includes having a diverse blood supply as well. Absolutely. Um, Ms. Liberty, can you talk a little bit about like what we're all doing as the Divine Nine coming together collectively? And then you can probably speak to, you know, individual sororities and fraternities that have already kind of been at the forefront uh, of, of blood drives and how we can encourage the community to get involved. Yeah, I know that um, I was coming off of, or came into this role right behind the Grand Polemark of Kappa Alpha Psi. And one of the things that was important to him in that capacity is to show inspiration, right? To give inspiration and to give hope and lead by example. And so he himself rolled up his sleeve to show his organization that this is something that we should be doing, brothers. I'm doing it, you should be doing it. Sydney Gamarole at our centennial celebration in July in Indianapolis, we committed to 100 pints for our 100th celebration. And we did just that. Nice. There are other organizations such as Delta Sigma Theta that have been at the forefront, Alpha Kappa Alpha. I hate to leave anyone out, so I hate to mention all their right, names because yes. they're all going to kill me. But I would say that we, as the nine national presidents, committed 
to the Red Cross that this was a no-brainer. This was something that we were going to do. And I think that back to that inspiration piece is very key for us to lead by example. And so we want our regional directors, our leaders, our chapter leaders to be the ones that roll up their sleeve and say, we want to host this event. We want to bring the um, the mobile the mobile buzz, the mobility piece to the, to all of our events, to HBCU events, homecoming events. We want to show that we can be the partners at the forefront. Um, we are a hundred year old organization, self-sustaining. And so we believe in ourselves. We are committed to ourselves, but more importantly, we're committed to our communities. And we know that this is a huge community effort that can save lives and create health equity. We ourselves can contribute to that. So that's why it's important for the NPAC to all be involved. Absolutely. And that's joinbyblood.org. If you're watching or listening to this, you can go ahead and get started uh, right now. When they go to joinbyblood.org, uh, Tiffany, what will they experience and how can they say, you know, this is what I want to do for my community when they go to the website? So when you visit joinbyblood.org, you're able to uh, learn a little bit information about why your blood donation is important, but you're also able to learn about the process of donating blood. Um, also, you're able to schedule an appointment to donate blood yourself or as an organization, if you like to host a blood drive, you can click on the option to host a blood drive and a Red Cross team member will get in contact with your point of contact to share all the steps, all the information, all the resources that we have to make the process super seamless for you to be able to host that blood drive. We just ask that, you know, you give it some time for us to schedule out that blood drive for a time that's convenient for you and to ensure that it's well staffed on our end so that you can have a successful blood drive. Yes, that's awesome. For the MPHC, uh, when we come together and do this on a, on, a, on a large scale, when you look at the future of this partnership, uh, Ms. Liberty, how do you see it? What is your like long-term goal? Like we were able to do blank because of our partnership with the American Red Cross? Oh, that is a really good question. I wanna see us do, be the visionaries on the forefront that we put this all in our documents as our prescribed program and partnership across all nine organizations. We each have programs and events and things like that that have been with us for several decades, but Red Cross has not been as consistent across all of the nine organizations. So I want us to commit to this partnership as a programmatic thrust of all of our organizations so that it will live beyond one administration, one president. This becomes ingrained in our culture of who we are as MPAC is this is what we do. We have to think about those young men that may get hurt in accidents and tragic accidents that may need blood transfusions right away or blood parts right away. We have to think about the young cancer patient that's sitting over at St. Jude that needs that blood transfusion in order to stay alive. We have to think about the budding football coach that has a loving wife who's a member of Sigma Gamma Rho, who has to get a lung transplant very quickly and gets that call that, hey, he's gonna need a lung transplant. Like now we have a donor and he's gonna need blood as well to support that critical care. Those are the things that we have to bring those stories to the forefront to make it ingrained in who we are as a culture to make sure that this is a part of our health equity agenda across all nine organizations. Yeah, I think that's great. I think the, those personal stories, like you gave us a snippet of your personal story just now, that really touches the hearts of people and which would, you know, allow them or just really force them to, to give uh, uh, more willingly. Um, Tiffany, when you think about this partnership so far, what has been the most rewarding 
to you and the American Red Cross? Well, you know, it was um, our Alpha brother, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. And so it's been amazing for me to see um, the HBCUs, organizations and individuals all over the country volunteering to host blood drives in the black community and at their national conferences like Sigma Gamma Rho did this past summer, just to rally those who can and who will to support patients um, through this Red Cross Sickle Cell Initiative. Um, I'm so excited to hear you know, Chair Liberty to share that she hopes that this is programmatic for organizations over the years because that's exactly what Red Cross wants to happen. We want to continue to build relationships with the Divine Nine organizations as well as the Black community so that we can ensure that we can continue this for the long haul. But to, to share what's been most uh, rewarding, I would say for me, is most recently my sorority chapter hosted its very first blood drive. And it was just amazing to see sisters donating blood, but also to helping to recruit their family and their friends to donate, signing people in to donate and providing refreshments, but also witnessing my own soror mommy donating blood for the very first time, wow. as well as seeing my 19 year old nephew donating for the first time at this drive was just so fortifying for me. To that point, seeing multiple generations just coming together to help save lives, the Gen Xers, the Millennials, the Gen Zs, the Baby Boomers, the seasoned bros and sorors have all just been so rewarding for me. Yes, that's good. Look, I'm about to testify. Come on now, come on now. Miss <laughs> Liberty, when you hear stories like that, um, how gratifying is it that we know that we're all doing this collective work, but you as the leader of Sigma Gamma Rho, Sorority Incorporated, and now the chair, the Council of Presidents for the MPHC. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel good. I was just thinking about when, when Tiffany was speaking, I thought about how we all are so committed to organizations such as March of Dimes. Um, very committed to that across the Divine Nine because we believe that women and children and babies need to be have safe entry into the world and support. We're all committed to St. Jude, right? Uh, childhood cancers. And those two programs, I would say, across all of our organizations are pretty ingrained. I wanna see Red Cross be that strong number three um, as a committed organization and partnership. So it makes me excited to see it happening on a local level. Yes. Because sometimes we make these decisions and partnerships at the national level and we don't get to the ground where the real work happens. And like they say, all politics are local, all community service is local. And so we can touch a chapter that touches, uh, you mentioned your nephew as a young man that becomes ingrained in how he represents for his family and his future. And then that continues that legacy. So I'm happy to see that that work is being done locally. And I'm happy, I'm hopeful that this is a national partnership, but the national work will transcend the local communities. And that's what we're about. And that's will we'll, we'll change lives and ultimately save lives, which is so, so important. How are you? Uh, when do you rest, uh, President Liberty? Let me let me ask that. When do you I rest? don't know. I, I used to say my mother told me to quit saying this. I said, I'll rest when I'm dead. She said, quit saying that. <laughs> she was like, quit saying that. The Lord may say you need to rest. All right. So I would say, to be honest with you, the way I look at busy, we're all busy. 
We all have the same 24 hours a day. We all have the seven, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's how we utilize it. And what I believe is that you have to be present in the moment and yes. everything that you do. And then you will make time for the things that are more important to you. God has always allowed me to do that. So that's how I make time. That's good. That's good. And Tiffany, you know, we've been doing this work for quite some time together for, I think, like two years. Oh, how are you continuing to serve, Tiffany? Because, you know, this is the Cool Sword Podcast. We got to bring in some personal as well. Uh, how are you maintaining your self-care as you continue this great work with the American Red Cross? Um, that's an awesome question that is a continual work in progress. <laughs> um, I am learning um, now um, because I, I was kind of like, um, you know, chair of liberty in the sense in my younger years where I thought, you know, you can rest when you're dead. But I'm learning that you don't, you shouldn't just have to rest in peace in afterlife. You should learn how to live in peace. Yes. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm learning that whole aspect of blessed are the peacemakers and I'm learning how to preserve my peace. Um, and that may come from taking time to rest. That may take uh, be taking time for solitude. This past weekend, I had an opportunity to go to the mountains and go hiking and just be still and um, get that fresh air. And so despite all of the service work that we're doing with Red Cross, as well as outside of Red Cross, just in the local communities, period, um, you know, it's, it's always core to me. It's important to me. Um, but what I'm learning too, in order for me to be able to pour and continue to pour into the community, I can't pour from an empty cup. Right. So I have to take time to refuel. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are so right. Applying your oxygen mask first before you can help others, right? It's just like exactly. And I just came from a seven day hiatus in Dubai. So Ooh, um, wow. <laughs> the same thing, you do have to take those down times. And I am. Tiffany, we are learning and on this journey together. I think we all are as, as Black women in this world. Yeah, same here, same here. So I definitely get it. Uh, in 1994, you became a member of Sigma Gamma Rho via Marquette University. Did you choose Sigma Gamma Rho or did Sigma Gamma Rho choose you? Oh, Sigma Gamma Rho stumbled upon me because I was very interested in a couple other organizations. and had attended those different events. And then when I attended that Sydney Gamero event, it was like, I, it, it was a feeling that this is home for me. And I think everybody has that feeling for their different organizations. So yes. um, it was definitely that, that feeling. I never thought I would rise to be the national president by any means. But once you get on this roller coaster of leadership, they won't let you get off. Listen, <laughs> I see. I'm like, whoa, I just served on one international committee. You mean I got oh. another one? <laughs> yeah. You, once, once you say yes one time. Yes. It's lights out. You're gone. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. And Tiffany, did Alpha Kappa Alpha choose you or did you choose Alpha Kappa Alpha? Wow. I would say it. Uh, if I could, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I'm a third generation um, Alpha Kappa Alpha woman. And so I've just always been around these incredible women. But, you know, I was also blessed to be around so many other incredible women of the Divine Nine yes. who took time to mentor me, even in my career. 
And it, it, it touched me so much um, that these women poured into me and it wasn't about letters. It was just about uplift. Yes. So um, I'll tell you what, there were some times that my mom didn't know which way we might go um, simply because um, I was blessed with an amazing village of women who just continued to pour into me, into my life. But when the opportunity came um, to, to join um, and graduate, chapter um not too long ago i'm spring 2021 um it was it was just perfect it was it was perfect for me um and i've just i feel like it chose me but i also chose um alpha kappa alpha and i am loving the decision that i made but also too i'm loving just getting to know not only the sisters within this one organization, but everyone within the MPAC who have come to embrace me ever since, you know, I have become a member. So it's just been an amazing journey thus far. That's right. Well, we're talking about amazing journeys. The American Red Cross, the MPHC, joinbyblood.org is where you need to find more information, see how your chapter, your organization can come together to make sure you plan these blood drives or go ahead and make an appointment for yourself. Your last appeal to our amazing listeners today, uh, President Liberty, if you could say one thing to uh, potential uh, for someone who is trying to plan an event or why they should give blood, what would you say? I would really say um, it's back to that story of inspiration. We have to remember how many times throughout our lives that we have needed someone. Um, and in the hospital care or critical care situation, even sickle cell, cancer treatment, these things all touch our lives very intimately as from the African-American community specifically. And so we have to give in order to save. And I'm asking all of my MPAC members, no matter what color you wear, we all have the same mission, and that is to sow into others' lives and the communities. And what better way for you to personally give to give your own blood? Sounds fantastic. Tiffany, how would you close us out? I would just remind everyone who's watching or listening that it does not hurt to donate blood. I'm a blood donor. Um, you'll feel a momentary pitch from the needle, but afterwards, you will feel the joy of knowing you're helping to save a life. Secondly, it doesn't take long to donate blood. From the time you arrive to the time you leave, it takes about an hour, but the donation itself takes about eight to 10 minutes. But the impact is life, you know, is limitless. It's, it's a life. Um, so I would just encourage you to visit joinbyblood.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to schedule an appointment to give today. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today on this very special edition of the Cool Store Podcast in partnership with the American Red Cross. Mrs. Rashida Liberty, the president of Sigma Gamma Rho, uh, Sorority Incorporated, and the NPHC. She's the chair president. She's everything. Thank yes. you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. And Tiffany Taylor from the American Red Cross. Ladies, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And joinbyblood.org is where you need to get more information. Thank you so much for joining the Cool Sword Podcast. I'm your host, Rashawn Ali.